everybody, Dan Howard here, back again with another monthly edition of our GSTJ video podcast. On today's show, I have a chat with diabetes educator Lee Ruckheim. I check in with HR manager Megan Wopat, bring you up to speed with how we're tackling COVID-19, and I finish up with a roundup of all of the things that are going on here at Guns and St. Joe's. Hey, welcome back. Uh, so joining me this month is uh, one of our registered nurses and also Gunnison St. Joseph's diabetes educator, Lee Ruckheim. Lee, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dan. Good. Thanks for joining me. Um, so now, you know, people are just finishing off their Halloween candy and uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, which basically is the beginning of this like month long uh, celebration where we just eat our way all the way into the holidays. Why, why did they decide that November was going to be Diabetes Awareness Month? Well, I think it is a good month to really bring awareness uh, for us to remember to take good care of ourselves during this time. Um, you know, really, it's it's about bringing awareness to the epidemic of diabetes and the importance of educating people about diabetes. And really getting the word out to those at risk of diabetes. Uh, it's also a chance for people with diabetes to share their experiences with each other and reach out and support one another. Yeah, that's, I guess that's a good point. Like when we're snacking and going through all of this food, at least we've got some type of awareness of what it could be doing to our bodies later on. Um, so the CDC, uh, they recently published the 2020 National Diabetes Statistic Report. Uh, which for our viewers, if they want to go to this, they can go to cdc.gov forward slash diabetes. Um, some of the highlights, they estimate that, uh, let me see now, 10.5% uh, of the U.S. population, so around 34 million people have diabetes, so about 1 in 10. But this is what got me. Uh, they estimate that 7.3 million people, uh, 7.3 million of those people are undiagnosed. They're walking around, they don't have any idea that they have diabetes. Yeah, the report did a nice job of outlining the current state of diabetes. And another statistic that came out is, like you said, on top of that, 34 million people estimated to have diabetes, um, that they estimate that another 88 million adults have prediabetes, so a condition that comes before type 2 diabetes, but that puts us at much higher risk to go on to develop type 2 within five to seven years after that prediabetes diagnosis. So that means that another 34% of the U.S. population um, has that condition. Um, so in total, we have an estimated about 45% of our population in the U.S. adults dealing with either diabetes or prediabetes. It just seems like a, such a large number, particularly, you know, today I was looking at coronavirus statistics and it's like, I think it was like 11 and a half million people. Uh, so when you you know when we talk about like coronavirus, which we'll talk about later on, and then you're talking about you know almost over a hundred million people dealing with diabetes. I mean, it's such a significant. Uh, I think we've become very aware of millions and millions of people dealing with something. So it just it, it was a it was a, it's a big number to kind of look at, you know. So for me uh, and our views at home, what is diabetes 101? Like, what are the symptoms? How do we how do we go about reducing this number of undiagnosed individuals? So the most common symptoms that we see with diabetes are fatigue or feeling a lot more tired than usual. Probably the number one thing that I see. Um, other things are increased thirst or going to the bathroom more often than usual. So frequent urination. Um, 
losing weight that you don't know why it's occurring, uh, feeling more hungry than usual, changes in your vision, or if you've got sores that aren't healing up, um, or frequent infections or infections that keep coming back or that don't go away. Um, and for many patients, they might not have the symptoms of diabetes until their blood sugar levels are quite high, or they might already have suffered complications from diabetes by the time they're diagnosed. So that's one of the reasons why screening for diabetes is so important so that we can catch that. Uh, because not everybody has symptoms right away. Um, it's important, especially in adults, um, screening for symptoms um, of diabetes, but also even for those patients that may not have symptoms, that's why we want to go ahead and do screening. Um, one of the ways that we can do that, even at home, is through a simple risk test for diabetes, and that's provided by the American Diabetes Association. Um, and you can get online, um, American Diabetes Association risk test, and you can go through the questions and it will give you a determination of what your risk is. Um, and then you know, once you get the results of that questionnaire, that's some good information to share with your primary care provider um, to determine whether you need to go on to get a blood test um, to go ahead and screen for a glucose to see if you have prediabetes or diabetes. Some of the most common risk factors of diabetes is age. So as we get over the age of 45, our risk goes up significantly. Also, if we're overweight or have a family history of diabetes, like in your mom or dad or brother or sister, so that first degree relative, that risk is much higher. Also, a history of diabetes in pregnancy puts us at greater risk to go on to develop diabetes later in life. Um, if you're not very active, so in more of a sedentary lifestyle, um, also if you have a history of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or heart disease, you're at higher risk. The American Diabetes Association recommends screening for diabetes through a lab test at least every three years if you're over the age of 45. So once you reach age 45, whether or not you are having symptoms, you should be screened. Um, if it's normal at that time, they recommend repeat screening again in three years. Um, but if you would have prediabetes on screening, we want to recheck that lab test at least yearly um, to then screen to see if you've gone on to develop diabetes. I feel like I need to go out and exercise and take care of myself a little bit more after all of that. <laughs> um, so one thing I know is a hot topic, um, particularly at the moment, is the cost of healthcare. So glu these glucose screenings, these blood sugar screenings, are they typically covered by insurance providers? Yeah, most insurance companies will cover yearly screening for diabetes as part of the wellness benefit. It's always a good idea to check your benefits before going ahead with it. Um, and that's something, too, you can talk with your primary care provider about when you go in for your wellness visit. So another good reason to get in for that. So if someone is watching this right now and they're thinking, yeah, OK, so I did the I did the risk assessment. I, you know, I've got a history of it. Um, how do they how do they go about getting like a blood glucose test? And, you know, how do they get into the process? So if you've established with a primary care provider here at Gunderson St. Joseph's, you could simply call them or message them on MyCare and have them put in an order for a fasting a glucose screening for diabetes. Um, if you don't have a primary care provider here or if you haven't been seen within the last year, then we just ask you to call and schedule an appointment to talk about getting that test ordered. Got it. So, um, so you're a diabetes educator. At what point in the process do you get involved? Like if someone's already diagnosed with diabetes, can they just call you up for an appointment? 
So they would actually have to get an order from their primary care provider in order to see me um, and then for their insurance to be billed. Um, typically, I get involved once patients are diagnosed with diabetes, and then I would see them for their initial comprehensive education. Um, and then thereafter, I would see patients at least annually for follow-up related to their diabetes management. Um, I oftentimes will see patients more often if they're having <clears throat> difficulty getting good control of their blood sugar or getting their blood sugars at goal. Um, if their therapy is changed or maybe they're struggling with diabetes self-management or just feeling really burnt out on caring for themselves. Um, and that can occur for many different reasons. Sometimes it's financial, being able to afford medications or afford food that's good for their health. Um, it can be emotional, like getting burnt out or feeling down. Um, and then physical things that can occur, especially those things that can occur like diabetes complications that come along. Um, so yeah, so I need to get an appointment. Um, in order to get an appointment, we would have to have an order from your provider. And that's something, again, you could just go ahead and give your provider a call about or ask them about during a visit. Um, as part of that diabetes education order, um, we would also recommend that you see our registered dietitian, Hannah, and that's included in that order. Um, once that order is in place from your provider, then we have a scheduler that would give you a call to set up those appointments. And Medicare does cover when you're initially diagnosed with diabetes, 10 hours initially of diabetes education and then two hours of education annually thereafter. And most commercial insurance companies also cover education. That's great. Um, so this is my, this is the third of my monthly podcasts. And every time, every podcast that we've done so far, we talked about coronavirus. We had mental health, uh, a discussion on mental health and how coronavirus has affected that. We had the flu uh, discussion last month. How has COVID-19 impacted diabetes this year? Yeah, I think it's been pretty significant. Um, one of the things I've seen is that patients are tending not to come in as often for their care due to concern about COVID infections. One of the things that we've done in our primary care clinics, but also in diabetes education, is to offer video visits via Skype or telephone visits in place of those in-person visits for those that prefer that. We have um, also offered those in-person visits as well, and we're doing everything we can um, in our clinics to keep patients safe when they come in for those visits. So I'd encourage you to you know, continue to follow up um, with your diabetes care team. I think I've also seen that it's taken an emotional toll on people with diabetes. They tend not to maybe have as much of that social support as what we had before the pandemic, partly because we're not getting out and we are following recommendations and socially distancing. Uh, so just really focusing on, you know, maintaining those social connections that you can um, with people either over the phone or, or video. Um, also finding ways to practice gratitude and really focusing on those positive things that you can do for yourself and others right now during the pandemic. Um, we may not be as physically active as we were before the pandemic, you know, depending on what you did. Uh, for many people, they like to go to a gym um, or go exercise with somebody and that now hasn't been an option for them. So, you know, getting outside if you can to exercise still um, during the nice fall that we've had, um, finding ways to exercise in your home and making a plan for the winter is also important, not only for our physical health, but you know, our mental health as well. Um, I've also seen that 
patients might not be getting out to shop as often as what they used to, so not going to the store as often. Um, so, and we might not have those fresh fruits that we typically had in the summer and spring that we're getting for the, from the garden produce. So, um, you know, when you do shop and you go out, say, for your weekly shopping, if you can stock up on things like fresh and frozen vegetables, fruits, um, you know, if you have to, you can do canned fruit. But if you can get it in its own juice or packed in water and, you know, canned vegetables are fine as well. If you can get low sodium or rinse them. Other things to stock up on are healthy source of healthy sources of proteins like beans and legumes, um, lean chicken or fish or even turkey right now is a great choice. Um, and then eggs are a good one too. Whole grains, um, those are also great to include in your diet. And mostly drinking water, um, herbal teas, and then coffee in moderation. And avoiding those sugary drinks. We do know that there is more risk of serious complications from COVID if you have diabetes. But studies also show that that risk is likely lower if your diabetes is well managed. Um, so, you know, great reason to just continue to follow up with those visits and really focus on your diabetes self-management right now to reduce that risk. Um, and lastly, making sure that you've got an adequate supply on hand of your diabetes medications and your monitoring supplies. If, if you can ask your provider for a three-month supply of your medications right now um, so that you have those on hand and you have to go in less often to the pharmacy. There's some really good tips there. Um, you know, it's interesting what you said about um, the weight gain. I heard something the other day that the reason why it's called COVID-19 is because of the 19 pounds that most people put on <laughs> during this year. Um, but there's some really great tips. I hope uh, our viewers uh, take those tips and uh, take care of themselves, particularly if they've got diabetes. Lee, thanks so much for joining us uh, this month uh, for this month's podcast. Uh, if you have any questions about diabetes or anything that you've heard today, uh, please drop a comment below and uh, we'll be right back after this break. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. At Gunderson, we're proud to be your hometown healthcare provider and we're connecting you to the care you need, when you need it, no matter what. Gunderson Health System. We're bringing love plus medicine to you. Hey, welcome back. Uh, joining me via Skype for a very quick chat is Megan Wopat. She's our HR manager. And Megan is going to talk to us a little bit about some of the jobs that we have currently open at Gunderson St. Joe's. How are you, Megan? I am doing well today, and um, I'm hoping that with this we can find some wonderful candidates that will apply for some of our open RN jobs that we're looking for. Um, we offer a wonderful place to work and a family atmosphere, so we're hoping that you take this and run with it. I can definitely attest to the fact that we have an awesome place to work. <laughs> it's, it almost doesn't feel like work. I mean, we have a very, very serious job to do here in terms of looking after people, but um, it's it's just like family. It's like a second family. Um, and we have, you know, we have some good times too. We have a lot of, there's a lot of ice cream that takes place in this building, <laughs> a lot of ice cream. Um, so you're going to talk to us about some specific jobs you've got, particularly nurses. We're trying to find some nurses, right? Correct. Yes, we have several um, nursing jobs open right now. And um, like I said, we're hoping that we get some great candidates to um, interview and fill these positions. Uh, 
We have two, currently we do have two clinic nurse positions open, um, one in the Elroy Clinic, and that would be a 32 hours per week, Monday through Friday job. Um, we do have a Hillsborough Clinic RN position open that is 40 hours per week with a Monday through Friday job. We are also looking for an infusion RN, um, and that currently is 36 hours per week, again, Monday through Friday job. Um, we are also looking for a med surge RN, and that is 36 hours per week. It could be potential day or night shifts, um, depending on the need at this time, um, but those would be 12-hour shifts, either 7A to 7P or 7P to 7A. Um, two other positions we have available are our surgical coordinator RN position, and that is a 40-hour per week job Monday through Friday. And we do also have another position available in our med surge um, for an RN, and that is a casual or a per diem position. Um, so it's on call as needed. Um, and I know uh, nurses are highly needed right now, and I do want to give a shout out to all of our cool nurses that work here, and they're doing an awesome job, and thank you for everything you do. Yeah, they. I, I spent some time on the floor last week just kind of supporting some of our nurses getting in and out of their PPE. And I just, I just, I don't know how they do it most days, but with coronavirus and all of the stuff that they have to do around the coronavirus, it's just, it's amazing to watch them do what they do. Um, so how cool is it to work here? Like, let's talk like benefits <laughs> and like, you know, what kind of things can people expect? Well, we do have a very competitive wage and benefit package. Um, when I am doing um, onboarding for new employees, I do always hear how awesome our benefits are because um, we try to, um, as the employer, we try to pick up most of the um, the premium for our benefits here. So to make it um, nice for our employees to give them that a little extra, um, I guess, compensation that, uh, you know, that uh, is needed to keep employees happy too. Um, but besides compensation and benefits, um, like I said before, the atmosphere here um, with our brand new facility, um, as you have seen in um, previous podcasts that Dan has done, um, we have a great new facility here. Um, we have wonderful people that work here, and I can't say, like Dan said before, too, it's like a family. We just, we, um, we, we are like brothers and sisters here and we, uh, get along like that sometimes. And, um, but we always are, have each other's backs. It is. It's great. It's, you know, some of the fun experiences that I've had here is, you know, every now and again, we play like, um, beanbag toss in the back, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, during the summer when it's kind of quiet and, and there's um, no COVID and, there's no COVID. <laughs> and you know, we had, um, we have bingo every now and again mm -hmm. on special days to, to recognize special days. It's just such a fun place to work. It's the greatest place I've ever worked. So, um, so yeah. So other jobs that we have, um, we have some, we have a dietary aid position, mm -hmm. a patient care technician, valet, cardiopulmonary tech, qualified treatment trainee, and a patient service specialist. Um, where can they go to get uh, more information on these jobs? We also have two other positions that um, are not listed on your list. Um, we have our revenue cycle specialist position just opened up, and we also have a clinic MA position that is opening up. Um, if you go to gundersonhealth.org and click on the careers page, um, you will find a listing, and you'll have to filter to the Hillsborough location, and you'll find a listing of all of our great job opportunities here. Um, you can, if you need to email me directly to get some more information on any of these, I'm happy to answer any questions 
questions you have. Uh, my email address is mjwopat at gundersonhealth.org. And uh, like I said, I'm happy to answer any questions you have about any of our open positions. And we can't, we can't wait to welcome more people to our growing family. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. With right. open arms. <laughs> <laughs> right, Megan, thanks very much for hanging with us for a moment uh, and updating us on the uh, job situation. Uh, if you've got any more questions about jobs, uh, please drop them in the comments below. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. At Gunderson, we're committed to providing safe ways to connect you to the healthcare you need. Whether it's by your side or through virtual options, we're here for you when you need us. Gunderson Health System, we're bringing love plus medicine to you. Hey, welcome back. Uh, now, as you've seen in the news, uh, Wisconsin is going through uh, the grip of the coronavirus uh, right now. Hospitalizations are up across the state and in our region. Um, we are definitely feeling the strain of this pandemic. Uh, it's coming at the worst time. Quite frankly, we are exhausted. Our staff are exhausted. Uh, we've been dealing with this for months. And now we're starting to see a very steep spike in cases and in hospitalizations. And on top of that, we're still having to take care of uh, other patients and uh, perform surgeries and uh, you know provide emergency care. And uh, all this is happening at the worst time because now we're staring down uh, the face of uh, flu season um, when typically, you know, we, we see a spike in our daily censuses anyway. Um, we really need everyone to take this seriously. Uh, everyone. Uh, just the other day, I had a chat with a community member and uh, they had no idea that we were treating patients here at Gunnison St. Joe's for coronavirus. Um, I can tell you that we are. It's here. It's real. Um, we take care of patients right here. We have all of the therapeutics, uh, such as remdesivir. Um, our staff are facing this daily, every day. Um, I recently had the pleasure to um, provide some support on the hospital floor um, to kind of help our nurses in and out of their PPE equipment and kind of clean equipment down after they've been used, uh, be a runner and things like that. Um, this is how serious it's getting. Um, we are having to pull uh, people from support departments like me um, to kind of help lighten the load for these nurses. And um, boy, if you could, <laughs> if you could only see the amount of work and the amount of protective equipment that a nurse has to put on just to simply give a glass of water to a patient, uh, you wouldn't think twice about having to wear a mask for 15 minutes while you go get groceries. And they do this around the clock, every day, in 12-hour shifts. Um, so please, uh, mask up, wash your hands, and stay apart. This year has been tough for all of us. But in our communities, it's getting harder. COVID-19 cases are rising. It will take all of us to stop the spread of COVID-19. Help us. Help us. Help us. Mask up. Wash your hands. And please, socially distance. We need your help to stop the spread. Yeah, so uh, please uh, help us stop the spread of coronavirus. We really need your help. We need you to mask up and wash your hands and stay apart. This is really, really important for the care of everybody. Um, we have just a few updates from Gunnison St. Joe's. Firstly, we'd like to uh, welcome Christina Brooks to our team. She is our newest behavioral health provider. Um, Christina is a licensed clinical social worker uh, trained in trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. 
and brain spotting. And she will be providing behavioral health services here at Gunnison St. Joe's. She joins the team of Jen Fiegel Newland and Alyssa Sherwood, who I had on the podcast a couple of months back talking about mental health. Um, great addition to the team. Really looking forward to having her. And maybe at some point we'll have her on a podcast in the future. We're also excited to confirm that Dr. Zach Meyer will be joining us in the fall of 2021. Uh, Dr. Meyer is completing his final year of residency at Gunnison Health System in La Crosse and will be joining us after that. Um, we're looking forward to having him back. He actually spent some time with us here at Gunnison St. Joe's during his residency, kind of getting a taste of uh, rural healthcare. And uh, he grew up in Reedsburg, so he knows the area pretty well. Um, so we're looking forward to having him back. And uh, at some point, we'll definitely have him on a podcast as well and we get to know him a little bit better. Um, and finally, our new parking lot has been laid and painted. Uh, we're looking to reopen our main entrance uh, on Monday, November 23rd. There are still some elements of the project to be completed, things like the walking trail, uh, which will be completed probably around the spring of next year. Um, there's some concrete that needs to be poured and things like that. So, But we really appreciate everybody's patience during this time. Uh, it has definitely been uh, a, a, an interesting year, um, building a new facility, uh, dealing with coronavirus, moving from an old facility to a new facility, and then demolishing the old facility to make way for a parking lot. Um, so, yes, thank you very much for your patience during this time. That is all from me uh, for this month. If you've got any questions about anything you've heard um, on this show, please drop your comments in the comments section. And until next time, take care.